Hello, and welcome to Soarin' with the Magic Our Way podcast. My name is Mr. Mononymous, and I'll be your chief flight attendant today. We'll begin boarding in just a few minutes, but first I'd like to acquaint you with the rest of your flight crew. First, we have your pilot and co-pilots, Kevin and Danny. These artistic buffs will launch you from New Orleans to soar over all things Disney. Your entertainment director is Ivory Comics proprietor Eli. Be sure to check your in-flight magazine for a sneak peek at his comic, Project Geisha. Nice work, pal. Soon you'll be airborne. If you or your little aviators would like to reach the flight crew at any time, be sure to check out magicourway.com, where you can find links to Facebook, Twitter, email, or send in a voicemail. And, of course, you can book your next Soarin' flight with your platinum-level earmarked travel agent, Lee Lastavica, from Magical Moments Vacations. Remember, you've got a friend in Lee. Okay, let's review. Kevin, Danny, Eli Lee, Artistic Buffs, Disney stuff. Anything else? Oh, yeah. Chombo, everyone. Rambe. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way podcast. podcast. Magic Our Way fans, my name is Kevin. And I am Danny. And today on the show, we have with us the proprietor of Ivory Comics, Mr. Eli Ivory. How you doing, Eli? Oh, good as always. Love to be here with you guys. Talk to the more weak nation as usual. As, absolutely, and I'm sure they appreciate hearing your sultry tones. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, bro. <laughs> and here Lee's for. not here. He is uh, on assignment, counting shoes once again. Yes. Counting bananas, counting M&Ms, whatever you want to have you. But today on the Magic Our Way podcast, we have a very special guest. He's the co-writer of Cleaning the Kingdom. He's also the co-host of the Sweep Spot podcast. We're talking to one of your favorite custodial members. Uh, his name is Lynn Barrow, and he's going to be talking to us about his book, which talks about adventures and the stories of uh, Disneyland custodial. You can learn a, l- a lot about their day. You can uh, hear some of the stories, some of the weird things they may have encountered in their trash, um, some of the traditions, the people they've worked with, et cetera, et cetera. And you can also learn more about their book. Um, th- this book kind of goes into very in-depth detail as far as the life of a Disneyland custodial cast member. So it's a very thorough book. There's lots of stories. Uh, you're also going to get to hear about the different, I guess, gross stuff that you might have encountered <laughs> in Disneyland custodial. Because, you know, as much as it's a clean jo- a cleaning job, it can be a dirty job as well. Yeah. So on that note, enough of my jibber-jabber. Let's go make some magic. Today in the Hub, we present a guy from out west who has a very intimate relationship with Walt's original park, Disneyland. Weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we present to you Mr. Lynn Barron. How you doing, Lynn? Good. How are you guys? Great, man. We're so glad you could come on our show and kind of talk about your book, Cleaning the Kingdom, as well as other Disneyland related items. We don't get to chat with um, too many guys out west because we live out here to work closer to the East Coast here in New Orleans. And uh, so we get a lot of uh, people talking about Walt Disney World. But you know, I know a lot of us on the Magic Army podcast are big fans of Disneyland. Yes. Uh, like I try to go visit as often as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. I'm glad to be on here. I listen to quite a few podcasts, and yours is one of them. So, oh, we appreciate that. Definitely. So um, basically, today uh, we're going to chat about uh, your book. 
Yeah, we'll get the we'll get the business part out of the way and just get to mm-hmm. some fun a little bit later. But um, you have a book called Cleaning the Kingdom. Do you want to kind of give uh, our listeners a, a brief little uh, idea of what they can expect to learn uh, within said book? Well, Ken and I both wrote it. Ken Pelman and and I and we are mostly just talking about our experiences working at Disneyland and custodial. Mm-hmm. We also interviewed some others. In, that were also in custodial, they have some great stories too. But it's mostly our stories, mm-hmm. and it's funny stories. There's uh, there's drama. There's uh, gross stuff. There's <laughs> everything you'd want to know yeah. and more about how they keep Disneyland clean and the people that do that. Yeah. We'll get to chapter five in a little later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, cha- that chapter was pretty awesome. Yeah. It uh, took us about two, I'd say close to two years to write it, but it's something that Ken and I, we both work together. So mm-hmm. I I started in the Plaza Inn and Bussing in 90, it's like 91 to 93. Okay. And then I quit and came back, and I was in Custodia from 98 to 2007. Good. And Ken was actually in Custodia the whole time. He was there from 1990 to 2005, I believe. Okay, I was just about to ask you, when you yeah. were a busser, I guess that's after they split from Custodia, because I think I remember reading in the book that uh, the busers used to be part of Custodial, and then they went off and became part of food service. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and the busing was different, like restaurant busing, which is what I did. Um Mm-hmm. So the busing that was part of Custodio back then was mainly like Tomorrowland Terrace or something. Oh, okay, that, okay. That would be more of um, like the busing that was part of Custodio. You know, like the restaurants have like outdoor seating and that sort of thing. Right, right. Yeah. I, I guess it's like counter service versus sit down. Kind right, of, exactly. Uh, Sorry, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said it right. All right, <laughs> makes sense, yeah. One of the things I was going to ask you about is reading mm-hmm. the book, y'all do a really good job of distinguishing in the book okay this is ken talking this is lynn talking my question is how did you write a book like that i mean we get both of y'all experiences which is great but i mean does one of y'all start writing a chapter and you're like here i'm done with this one uh you go ahead and supplement and by the way you're writing the next chapter how does that how did y'all write like that it is a cool format yeah that was one of the things we discussed when we were getting ready to write it was how are we going to separate our stories. It's easy if it was just te- you know one person telling all the stories, but when you have two, and then sometimes, like I told you, we have other people that submitted stories to us um, mm-hmm. also. But yeah, it was we just figured just to put it that way how we just you know put I Lynn and then you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was tough to do, but our writing process because I live in Utah now. And Ken's in Anaheim, mm-hmm. California. So we did all this through Google Drive, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And we had the layout of the books. We had all the chapters listed. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I'm starting to write on chapter five, you know, and I'd write everything that I could, could uh, present to him. And I'd send that over on Google Drive. And then he'd, he'd add to it and he'd kind of, Put it in format because that's one of the things he does for a living. He does writing, so mm-hmm. okay. it was easier for him to kind of put things in order and do some of the editing, and then he'd send it back to me, and I do some editing, and we just kind of did that way. It was all long distance; we didn't see each other during this whole process, mm-hmm. so which was kind of hard, I guess. But it was easier than I thought it would be. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's good, man. It comes across very well the way y'all had it written. I enjoyed Thanks. it. So. Uh, 
you kind of step away from that book a little bit. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Were you a Disney fan before you got the job at Disney? I was kind of a casual, like I was someone that appreciated, you know, Disneyland for its details, but uh-huh. I wasn't really like a Disney Disney like I am now, maybe. But right. I had an annual pass for, oh boy, since probably since senior year in high school. Okay. So, but for about two years, I had an annual pass, and then I got the job at Disneyland. I worked there for two years, and okay. my wife and I. It was see in California, a lot of people have annual passes because a lot of people live closer. You know, you could live in Orlando, right? But you still have to. I mean, I've been to Walt Disney World once, and it was amazing. Just from the time it says "Welcome to Disney World," you're driving for like twenty more minutes, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're driving way in there. Yeah. So in California. You know, I lived in Long Beach, and oh, okay, yeah, about a twenty twenty minute drive. Yeah, thirty minutes, you know, mm-hmm. at the most by the time you park and stuff. So, it, you could actually, you know, my wife would get off work sometimes at nine thirty at night, and they'd close at midnight. We'd get down there by ten and just walk around for two hours. So oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you just take a left off of what is it, Catella or something like that, and you're in the park area. Yeah, well, especially <laughs> before California Adventure, it was a lot yeah. more convenient. So. Yeah, I have family a lot in, in that area, like in Cerritos and Orange County and Tustin. So I, I go visit family out there uh, often. Uh, in fact, I was there maybe about a year and a half ago. We oh, drove cool. from New Orleans. They had, yeah, I know. It's, it was a heck of a long drive, but we stopped in Las Vegas. I, visit, I had an aunt there, and then we drove the four <laughs> hours to L.A. It, it, but it was really cool because like, uh, I remember we stayed on property for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I remember we're driving, I forgot what highway it was, but we we're coming from Vegas and we took some little roadway. Uh-huh. The GPS told me to take a left and I took a left and I was like, oh crap, I'm on property. <laughs> like, oh my God, here we are. Yeah. You know, and there was much rejoicing in the van. Yeah. Uh, but that. yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. But you're right. Yeah. The difference is, as far as that. And when you go to Walt Disney World and it's like really, really in there, far removed yeah. from the stuff. Um, <clears throat> right. Exactly. But anyway, back to you. Uh, so you got the job at Disneyland. Um, mm-hmm. Was it because you wanted to work there or you just, you just needed a job? You're like in college. It's like, I need to work. I need to earn some money. Hey, they're hiring. Or how, how did I all get started? Well, like I, like I was saying, I've just kind of been, I'd go there often. I mean, growing up in that area, it was just something, especially when the prices weren't so much. Mm-hmm. You would just go there for a week and it's something you'd talk about on like Thursday. Hey, it's Saturday. Let's go to Disneyland. And when I was in high school, but $20, $25. But mm-hmm. um, so it was something that, that, if you lived in Southern California, you pretty much went there like once a year or something. But right. I just thought it'd be a neat place to work. I didn't really know anyone that worked there at the time. And what made, what made you want to be a sweeper, by the way? I mean, I hear sweepers have swagger. They're, they're known to be flirts. They're known to be ladies' men. I mean, was, was that you? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to do attractions. Like, I think that everyone thinks they want to do attractions, but then when you get in there, you figure that, you know, like, it, and not to put down attractions, I think that it's not for everyone, though. Right, right. And some, some like, Jungle Cruise, if that's your gift and you're able to do those spills and come up with things and um, you're not shy in front of people, then that's probably the place you should be. But I just thought of Custodio because you're, you're outside all the time, and I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, that'd be all right. And at first, to be honest, I it was really hard, you know, walking around just holding that pan and sleeping for mm-hmm. more than twenty minutes. I was mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, that's tired. I don't know how I'm going to do this." <laughs> yeah. And then you start cleaning up the gross stuff, and now, after doing it so long, it doesn't even bother. I could, 
you know, clean up a code V, we called them for vomit, right. um, and then go eat lunch, you know, two minutes later, it would not bother me. Just kind of get immune so. to everything. I guess kind of yeah. like a nurse with all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, seeing that they made it a point of segmenting when it got gross in their book. Let, let's segment when it's going to really get gross in, in our podcast right now. Okay. Because I'd like to ask them a couple of questions about this, kind of like what they yeah. handled in Chapter 5. So, listeners, this is our Chapter 5. From here <laughs> yes. on, if you want to fast forward it to the next little bit, give us maybe a few minutes. Give us five, ten minutes, and we'll mm-hmm. be back to our regularly scheduled uh, sweet spot interview. Okay. <laughs> you got a choice. You're going to clean up a Code V or a Code H. Which one do you do? Which would you prefer? Well, uh, it depends. Is a code H from a horse uh, any day? Because <laughs> it, it pretty much almost looks the same as what they eat. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. it's fertilizer, and, right? <laughs> but the humans, I don't know. There's, uh, I guess, yeah, we could be gross now, right? So, yes, yes. I mean, people would finger paint in the bathroom <laughs> stalls. You're mm-hmm. kid- really? Uh, yes. And I don't uh. know what kind of disturbed people, um, you know, would do that, but. Yes, we would come in and there somebody had written all over the walls of the stalls with their with Mr. Hanky. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and, god. And uh, so that's you know working the restrooms, you'd get paid a little bit extra. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that wouldn't happen all the time. That was something that would happen like once in your lifetime working there that you'd run into something like that. But, was it a significant yeah. jump in pay? I mean, hopefully it was more well, than like thirty five cents an hour. Seventy five, I think. Well, okay. <laughs> I might yeah. I might risk hepatitis for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the funny stuff is because the cultures are different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people have people coming from all over the world there. Um, I'd walked in one time and someone was um, trying to go number two in a urinal. <laughs> I read about this. Can yeah. I can yeah. I tell you that was actually one of the questions that the other podcast, the WDW Navigator, Sean of the Navigators, wanted to ask, wanted me to ask you, did anyone ever poop in the urinal? Yeah, and the sink, and the oh god, and the, yeah, wow. <laughs> My thing is like, if you're a, just a regular Joe ca- uh, uh, guest and you walk in and somebody's doing that, like. Mm-hmm. What do you do? <laughs> you know? say this is not a bidet. Yeah, so, it's like, um, I don't. I, don't think- <laughs> I, I walked away. <laughs> oh, so you've you've seen, you've walked in on somebody in actually? Yeah, and I just thought I don't know how to react to this, so yeah. I walked out, back out. <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you finish, and I'm sure I'm gonna have to take care of it. That, that's that's exactly. wild, man. Now, okay, now now help help us understand this one. Now, uh, I'm sure as as males, y'all mostly work the men's bathrooms. Um, yes. But I'm sure y'all also had female counterparts that y'all spoke to. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was dirtier, men or women? Uh, I think the men. men. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I think so. The women had more stalls to clean. Mm-hmm. I think the Ventureland one had like 34 stalls. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And wow. we'd have, what, like six? <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. I mean, there's usually the you know they always say there's usually a long line for the women's restroom, depending on where you are. My wife always complains. She says that the the women's bathrooms are always filthy wherever she goes. Uh, really? Like men will just miss. You know, they will just miss and not care they're missing. But women yeah. will hover. Hover, yeah. They'll do the hover thing, and uh, so it 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 sprays, and there you go. Yeah. Well, their standards are higher too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> we kind of expect the pee on the lit. You know. <laughs> so. What conversation are we having right now <laughs> this is to chapter five we're talking yeah. about 10 years of your life buddy <laughs> <laughs> exactly i know one of the things that that kind of struck me with the book 
book is the, I guess, the work schedule that you guys kept. I guess early in the beginning of the book, you talk about your 15-minute breaks and the 30-minute unpaid lunch. And I was just like, wow, man, that is that is a serious schedule. <laughs> you know? You're constantly going. Because like, it seems like, I mean, well, first of all, you, you guys are constantly on stage yeah. when, when you're working. So as far as downtime, quote unquote, I, I don't know how much downtime you really get to have unless you're just by kind of by yourself cleaning or something like that. Did it feel like a, I mean, it sounds almost like it's a, a high stress kind of job, stress, relatively speaking. Um, did it feel that way? Was it something where you're constantly going to, you know, the point at the end of the day, you're just like completely worn out or worn out? Yes. Um, <laughs> but stress, not, not really. Yeah. Uh, they would divide the area up into like Different the, little, yeah. you know, you have your town square and yeah. you have center street, which is the whole area in between the hub and square town square Mm -hmm. and then you have the hub well that would be like your main street and one person would be assigned to town square one would be assigned to center street and one to the hub and pretty much for the hub you would just circle that area and you're supposed to do it every 15 minutes you're supposed to at least complete the whole area so that's that's a pretty good amount of time to right complete an area in case you know unless you ran across some problems like on main street with the horses yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, I remember reading the stories about the elephants or something they had about the, the circus, circus thing. thing that they did. The honeypot was what they called it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they, that was the story someone submitted to us. And he, I think it was like an 82 or four or something like that. He, he, they had a circus fantasy parade and there was uh-huh. elephants in it. And he was one of the people that uh, got to follow the, the parade route, you know, the elephants down the parade route. Yeah. And they also had a, like a big bucket for the urine and they would mop it up and put it in this bucket and it would eventually fill pretty much. Well, they got over near the hub yeah, and you know, the little trolley tracks that yeah. run down the street, one of the wheels on his cart, you know, the got stuck in the trolley tracks and the whole oh, bucket of urine tipped over and a big wave went towards the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then God. they took a picture of it and they sold it to them yeah. later on, right? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It surfs up. No. <laughs> surfs up. One of the most impressive things about reading the book is that, you know, particularly when you get to the chapter five, is the descriptive names that y'all use to represent excrement i guess this is, is high. y'all really come up with some stuff uh to where you're never using the almost the, the terminology like one of my favorites uh road apples oh for the horse yes yeah. uh yeah. Y- y'all came up with quite a lot of colorful um adjectives <laughs> to describe the the different uh messes that y'all would run across was that was that purely custodial thing because uh, like danny said that's the first time i've ever heard that referred to as road apples but <laughs> yeah some of that was and we had the official stuff like code u would be you know urine yeah. and yeah. code h would was two different things if it was you know for horse or mm-hmm. uh, or human <laughs> yeah you know it's funny speaking of urine it's like I, I thanks to your book i i never really knew how much an elephant urinated yeah <laughs> how much would come out of an elephant until i read that little section in your book never would have occurred to me you need a wet vac for uh these animals i never knew That's how much unreal. they released yeah the, yeah the, even the, the horses are amazing i couldn't believe it <laughs> <Jeez>. yeah <laughs> and those are smaller streets than what we have too that's the thing mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, yeah. the main street and all the little pathways are a little bit smaller than what they have in Walt disney world so you can only imagine 
that going down the street yeah. <laughs> and then that going in the street. <laughs> it almost seemed like we used to always joke that they, you know, filled up the horses before they went on stage and then, you know, let them loose. <laughs> Just to give you all a challenge, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see if they can do this. Let's see if they can pull this off. Now, y'all had to deal with some razzing here to there from people in the crowd. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. having to follow. How would y'all deal with that? What would be your preferred method of, of handling Heck, would y'all just play along with it, or would you? Did y'all have things prepared to to say to them? <laughs> Was there a standard response? Or yeah, mm, I think everyone kind of had their own. Some people would just ignore it. Some would just joke back. Or how, but, well, how? Uh, yeah, have you have you been heckled, or is that has that yeah, experienced that? The main thing was when you're cleaning up the horse, you know. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, you get the the people that think they're, uh, you know, humorous and. Yes. Oh, that's a crappy job, you know. Yuck! 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 I'm sure everybody it, thinks they're the first person to say that to you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of them were pretty good. I, I wish I had ri- written down everything. We'd probably have a lot bigger book if I wrote down. <laughs> that sounds like a whole. I was going to say y'all just about wrote the War and Peace of backstage look into uh, Disneyland custodial that's like a 460 something page I got I found myself wondering going into it I'm like okay I'm, I'm curious to know about this I'm curious to know about that and as I got and I was like well they address that check that off the list they address it. there's not it's really very one thorough. Qu- I mean if you know, the idea is to kind of you know have people who are listening to this pick up the book and, and read the stories themselves but really I mean there is not much that I could think to ask you that you did not already cover in the book every time I got to something I'm like well they didn't talk about that sure enough y'all got to it yeah uh, for for me I know Ken had a lot to say uh, with the book and and I guess he had a better memory but <laughs> man I had a hard time thinking of some of the stories and I, I pretty much think I thought of every story I can think of I, like I said I wish I had a journal and wrote it all <laughs> Well, there he did even better stuff that happened. If, uh, every now and then, I'll think, "Oh, I should have put that in the book." But yeah, um, that's when you get volume two, man. Did Ken? Yeah. Did Ken keep a journal? Because there were several times where he wrote about things about um, um, the closing of the Skyway, yeah. what they thought were the last ride of the submarines. Where he wrote about these things at the time and then reprinted it in the book. Was he keeping? A, was he planning on writing a book at, at some point in time, and or was he, he just keeping a journal of these experiences? He was writing for laughingplace.com for a little while. Right. Um, oh, okay. Submitting stories. And I think most of that, um, like chapter two, I think it is, it's mm-hmm. a typical day, typical day for a custodian. Yeah. That's all something that he wrote for Laughing Place. Oh, no kidding. And y'all, y'all are with uh, Mice Chat now, right? Yeah, we're, we're somewhat affiliated. Yeah, they, they post our podcast on there website mm-hmm. once you know once we put our podcast out well, that's where i first ran across y'all i like going oh, to, yeah good now, i remember you oh. see uh, you uh, you would write in every now and then you send us an email and stuff when we first started out mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i said i listen to a lot of podcasts and i have a lot of time during the day so i when i'm working mm-hmm. uh, luckily i can have an ipod you know and listen and yeah it, let's uh, get all the gross stuff out of the way so Ken and I were both leads, so we would get calls on the radios. Uh, you know, we called it Code V was the vomit one. Uh-huh. Now, if you're not a lead cast member and you're just walking around and you ran across it, you would have to clean it up. But being a lead, we'd have to, we'd be called on, you know, like say if there's a Code V at Space Mountain mm-hmm. and one of the vehicles, we'd get called on the radio to go to the attraction and clean that out. Um, some of the benefits to this was, say, like we had one in Pirates on a, in a boat. 
they wouldn't let anyone sit in that boat except when we'd show up they'd ask me um do you need more time because you can ride the boat through the traction like yeah i think i'm gonna need a lot of time so (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i I will clean it before it goes down the first uh dip you know in in the um california one there's the 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 two different dips but um before the first dip i'd get it cleaned up so then i can just enjoy the the rest of the ride oh Oh, that's pretty cool yeah Yeah, that is neat yeah. That is cool. Like, so when y'all would clean up, y'all would tell each other, hey, man, leave the show on. If I'm in here, I might as well catch, you know, country bears or something right, like that. Right. It's well, not like you can back up the boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you might as well send yeah. it on through. Right. Plus, I guess we're like, I, I'm imagining, like, did you have to clean the uh, the riverboat? Um, the, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking. Mark Twain? Yeah, we, yes. We so did. one ride around there, that would what? That'd be like 15 minutes of your day, right? Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes, yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. So there is a bunch of downtime. Yeah, yeah. Where, we where had people assigned to lines too. That would be that would be their sole job is just to clean lines and like mm-hmm. the boat like that. Um, yeah. Now, when you're doing this job, let me let me ask you this: Have you ever? I mean, I'm sure this has to be a you know an occupational hazard. While doing, so, has there ever been a moment while you were doing this job and you could not control yourself and you you vomited while doing something because it was so gross? No, almost. No, almost. But like certain code V, you know, I was talking about code V and not mm-hmm. very bad. Certain ones were, um, I'm not going to get into the details, but um, certain ones were worse than others. And there was a few where you just, you couldn't take it any longer. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. wow. Wow. But is there any training that prepares you for that? Is there no. anything that they. No, just dive in. Yeah. <laughs> I envision somebody just saying, well, you're going to see a lot of stuff there, kid. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Go it's for like it. Nom, you get the stare. Yeah. <laughs> Go get him, kid. Yeah. One of the coolest stories was I think I read y'all had to walk the indie track to get to where, like, the, the what, the oil spill? No, oh, yeah. Quote hydraulic, unquote, yeah, the hydraulic fluid oil spill. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, must have been really neat. hydraulic all the time, and um, like a line would break, and it would drip it through the whole attraction. And if we didn't clean it up, um, it would cause other problems. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, we'd have to go in there and put down dust to absorb it mm-hmm. and then um, sweep that up. And sometimes you'd have to walk the whole entire length of the track to do that. So walking that track, I, I'm asking this because I, I had a friend that used to walk, used to work dinosaur, and so I know it. And closing, she'd have to walk the track to see if there's any trash or debris or stuff that she'd have to kind of help <laughs> clean out to close the traction. Um, that must have been a, re- a pretty cool experience. With yeah, the, you get to see all the show elements up close. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and the, pretty- and the, uh, were all the things still anim- things were still going, and you just had the shop lights on, just no sound kind of thing, or so- sometimes yeah, it would be like the mechanical things. Yeah. You can hear the clicking and. Yeah, it's really neat. I, I think that's another see another uh, advantage to being in custodians yeah. that we get to see things like that up close. Get to go in the dining room at the haunted mansion. Um, oh, oh, neat! Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, really. Uh, just before we get to the haunted mansion thing, so Indy, there's there's a lot of inclines and stuff. Yeah, was it hard to navigate? If you're walking a track, was there was there like stairs that y'all would take for those inclines, or would you just have to be very careful? Yeah, you walking? just walk up. They're not they're not as steep as it um, when you're walking them as it okay. feels on the right. Yeah, I guess because of the high, you know the way the vehicle is, it seems like it's steeper than it is. But I mean, it's still quite a steep low incline. But that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. not oh, too bad. Yes, yeah. it, it was good. All right, so the haunted mansion. 
inside the attraction itself, how much cleaning was actually done? <laughs> oh, because of the yeah, the, like yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, I know I know you don't want it to build up, but it's like you can't necessarily take you don't want it to be away. tidy, yeah. yeah, or else it wouldn't. I guess it would, it, or unless those elements are you know glued on or something. I don't know. Or did you or, just go in there when somebody dumped their loved ones? Remains. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So the night custodial would would do most of the cleaning and the attractions mm-hmm. um, at night. For us to do that, like the indie um, hydraulic, like we'd have to do that during the day because they need to get the ride back up and running. Right. Um, but haunted mansion, you know, guests would throw trash and things would build up on the sides, mm-hmm. and that still wasn't our job to do that, but. I always, as a lead, I would take my crew in if we were done early enough mm-hmm. with our closing procedures, um, take them through there, and we'd just help out night crew and pick up the, you know, trash. Because it was something that was kind of fun to do. Right. I could imagine, To walk yeah. through there. But it wasn't something that we normally that we normally would do. Now, y'all got to spy on people as they rode through the mansion. Y'all would catch people actually, um, yeah. <laughs> you know... Everything. Yeah. Yes. And, Everything. And occasionally you'd have to clean up afterwards. They would. Yes, now, yeah. were those people escorted right out the park when they got off? Did y'all give them dirty looks? What did you say to them as they came <laughs> to the applaud? end of the ride? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. did y'all applaud? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the pirate for pirates. I don't. Yeah, Haunted Mansion definitely has a lot of cameras, and there's um, a place that we would, you know, go up and watch that. Um, I don't have a lot of experience seeing them when they got off because you get off in a different oh, you know, right. you get off a different area. But mm-hmm. um for pirates, some of the attractions cast members, if I, if we happen to be standing around there or, you know, queening around the load and unload area, they would say, Hey, come here and they'd show, you know, me on the screen and oh yeah. And then <laughs> then, then we'd all crowd to the uh, to the unload area and applaud when they got off you no know. way <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah the chick would always you know a few of the times would just take off running like wow so like, we give that a 10 yeah. she wouldn't give her phone number punishment than getting kicked out of the park that's pretty good punishment yeah i've always wondered if there was like a protocol for that when they get caught like a, but I, I guess you're right yeah. getting uh, recognized for that and getting a, a full round of applause yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the official uh thing would be i'm sure it would be to kick them out but um i had been there a few times when they just applauded for them and <laughs> Have they ran away day. yeah <laughs> thumbs up (laughs) oh wow you know speaking of the haunted mansion one of my favorite parts of of your book and and you know like i i hate for people to get the impression that this book is all about you know uh where y'all swept what y'all did um you know the disgusting things that y'all had to clean up there were a lot of good chapters in there just in in the amount of human interaction guest interaction that y'all had Mm -hmm. and there was one uh chapter in particular that i really enjoyed and this one, I mean, it actually got to do with, um, and it, it was funny, it, just, it resonated in me, and I think this might have been Ken's story, mm-hmm. but I imagine you can speak on this a little bit. And, and we talked about this in a previous show where we did on Halloween about hauntings in, in Disney World, and he told the story of running into a couple of ghosts while in Disneyland that he met and spoke to. Yeah, that was me. Um, oh, that was you. That was you who told that story. I'm sorry. Then I got that wrong. Go ahead, you know, please. It, uh, it's kind of a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. So, and um, 
there's a couple of stories like this in here, but uh, over so off of the hub towards the Tomorrowland mm-hmm. entrance is the Astro Orbiter, almost like right at the entrance of Tomorrowland. Right. And then there's the Plaza Inn restaurant, and just between Star Tours and Plaza Inn restaurant, there's a restroom, Plaza Inn restrooms, we call them. And they're it was late at night and the park had already closed. They announced on the radio the park's clear to Town Square. So all the guests were not even in the shops on Main Street at this point. They were like, you know, around Town Square and the exit. And so I was walking across the hub, getting ready to go home to, to go backstage through right past that restroom. As I got over that area, these two women that were English speaking came up to me and they had Victorian hats on, you know, like whole gowns and everything. And um, it was like a daughter, like a teenager and a, uh-huh. and a woman. And they asked me where the restroom or where the new, where a place they could find some food in a restaurant. And I, I said, and I was just like, what? You know, it's late at night. And, and I looked at the girl, she had a balloon that I hadn't recognized uh, in a long time. I hadn't seen probably since the eighties. And I'm sure they had them way before that. But um, I was just kind of stunned. Like what? And I said, I'm sorry. The park's been closed now for, over like an hour and you probably need to exit and like oh i'm very sorry you know they're very polite and i said yeah <laughs> and so i said you need to head down down main street and i you know pointed down that direction and and they said oh, okay we're sorry and they took off and they were only gone for took off from where i was standing for maybe like five seconds and i looked over there's a security guard and i said hey you know and i yelled for him to come over and i said there's these two ladies and you know he said all right i'll escort them out and uh where'd they go and i turned around and i said oh they're not here. And I said, they were just right here. And it's not a lot of place to hide right there. And right. in this park was empty. So he said, well, I'll go backstage. You go up, up the street. And so all the shops had their doors shut. And I never, we never found them. And uh, I thought, hmm, that's weird. And oh, wow. so I kind of forgot about it for a while. And then I was talking to this other custodian. And she had some ghost stories. And she says, you know where I always hear a lot of ghosts in the Plaza Inn restroom. And I said, oh, really? She goes, yeah, it's always like these two English ladies, like a daughter and a mother, voices. <laughs> and I went, oh, man. <laughs> and I turned, like, all white. And she said, you okay? I said, yeah. And I told her my story. And she goes, you talked to them. You saw them. She said, I only hear their voices. And I said, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, my God. Wow. If you believe in that or not, I don't, I don't know if I do still, but it, that's what happened. So. You, you were the chosen one. <laughs> you were able to see them. It's very voices. Wow. There was also a story about a, a gentleman who was uh, cleaning the restroom, and and they found a uh, found a corpse in in the restroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was that. Uh, now that was a friend of yours, I believe. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Was that you who re- who told that story? I think he submitted the story. Yeah, and I think we told it um, like third person. You know, like. Mm-hmm. From his perspective, but uh, he was on our podcast, and he has he has some amazing stories. Um, his name is Vince, and he, yeah, he came across um, someone that had a heart attack or and died in the, one of the stalls, and and it kind of traumatized him, as you know you could imagine, um, for yeah. a little while. And he said he's never going in that restroom again. It was a village house restroom, and oh wow, uh, like five years or a couple of years went by. And uh, he said, I, I'm going to, I have enough courage. I, he had to cover that restroom. I guess they, he had to cover it. There was something going on and they really needed someone to cover that. He goes, okay, I'm going to build up some courage. I'm going in there. And he went in there. 
He went to the stall where that happened, and he opened the door, and the whole toilet fell off the wall, and water went everywhere, and he oh. ran out of that restaurant. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was, yeah, wow. I don't know. And obviously, I don't want you to, you to tell all the stories. Obviously, you want people to go ahead and pick up the book. and they yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to kind of give them a taste of, in case you're thinking that this is just all about what the experiences would have been of a custodian at that point in time. It goes so much far beyond. I mean, I'll go into the celebrities that y'all have met. Um, yeah. and, and then some of the people that we worked with. You have some funny stories of just some of the characters that we worked with. Um, you know, just because you work with people that, you know, in all ages and different part points right. in their life. And, and, then, and then just the history of Custodial we talk about in the first chapter because Custodial is probably the one department that has had the least amount of management that, and it goes directly back to Walt. Right. Yeah. Uh, like the manager that we had when we were there, he worked there when Walt was there, but he didn't. But his manager was the first custodian manager there. So it only went, I mean, there was really only at that point, there had really only been two managers. You weren't that far removed from. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. It was like four in total. I want to say is. Yeah. Yeah. It came out to be, um, and that, that you, wow, how impressive is that? I mean, just like so many people would think like, okay, well, that's like a starter position and you transferred into other things. But I mean, to have people stick around that long to where only four people have elevated to that highest yeah. of positions, man, that's crazy. Great. Yeah, and just to go back to the first, Chuck Chuck was our, you know, the very first one that was hired by Walt. So he trained Ray, who was our manager. So mm. How do you Chuck say that did. last name? Ray, how do you say it? Sedeus. Sedeus. Mm. Okay. And then Chuck, I just said Chuck because I can't say his last name. But <laughs> I can't even say it. It's a French name, it sounds like. But because um, I didn't have him as a manager. But Ray, we did. He was our manager. Um, and he retired well, about four years, three, four years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. And he, he had. Um, you know stories about working with Walt, and and we have some a couple people that we interviewed that have some small stories in this book that actually did work there when Walt was there, and they they remember seeing him. You know they didn't like were friends with him, but yeah. seeing him around the park and yeah, wow. nice. yeah. Speak, so, speaking of which, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you what have you been in Walt's apartment. Yes, we had to clean it one time for some guests that were coming in. I don't never knew who it was, but that again, that's something that we normally wouldn't do. That was like a night night custodial kind of thing, mm-hmm. and that that's a whole other book that could be written just about night custodial because mm-hmm. they're there like through the whole night, you know, through the middle of the night. But um, yeah, we'd have to go up at the last minute and just kind of tidy it up and clean it and check on it. But yeah, I was up there and. Smaller than I thought it would be. <laughs> but, um, did you uh, did you ever go ahead and uh, eat over at Club Thirty Three? Uh, was that part of your perks? I know no, y'all discussed a lot of them. I, I didn't see that in there. Well, I I I ate there, but it wasn't because I worked there. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and, and we wouldn't be allowed to eat there if we worked there. But um, I mean, we could if we had another way of getting in, but not because we worked there. I, I, you know, and you got something. Kevin? No, I was going to ask about the night custodial thing. So you never got a chance to do night custodial at all. You were mostly during the day. Yeah, so we would work anytime from five in the morning to one thirty at night. Okay, 
Wow. And then Night Cook Studio would come on around midnight, and they would do all the deep cleaning, you know, the spraying down of the streets, cleaning the kitchens, um, okay. all the deep cleaning stuff. I'm always amazed at how fast they take care of that. You know, yeah. given like, especially in the summer months when it's super busy, it just amazes yeah. me how fast they're able to, you know, the spray clean and yeah, uh, power wash. I mean, and and just just get everything back up and running for the next day. I guess painting. Do they do the painting and stuff too? Like if they That's had like a, like like maintenance, oh, or maintenance? facility. Okay. Yeah, they would. They do. They'd have like painter. You know, in California, they have all these unions, so they'd have like right. painting unions and plumbing and all that. Oh, I got you. So never the yeah. two shall meet. <laughs> yeah, they do their own thing. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Speaking of painting, that was one of the other questions we got from the navigators that they wanted to ask you about. Was the uh, a, a lot of us have seen this video whenever we've gone to Walt Disney World. I don't know if if, if you've ever seen this before. Uh, I've seen the, it in person. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, the sweepers who would create art with their uh, yeah. the yeah, water. Oh, so you know what we're talking about here, where they would take their their uh, was it a broom it like and a they broom would and, they would have a thing of water and they would create like these giant drawings of Mickey or Donald or or whatever. Was that something that was going on when you were there? Is that were they? No, it? That, it happened shortly after we left. And from what I heard, it's only a select people that that know how to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's nothing that's official. Like you're going to be painting today, you know. Right. But but if if you had that skill, you know, they they would do that. And yeah, they take water and put it in your pan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then dip the broom in and. I guess until I tried, I had never seen it in person. But yeah, I saw. I, I remember seeing it a lot in Walt Disney World. Yeah. And they would draw it real quick, and you know, eventually it would evaporate pretty quickly, mm-hmm. depending on what time of year it was, especially in the summer. But yeah, it was just amazing how fast and quickly they did it, and to the accuracy that they made it. <laughs> yeah, it would be big too. I mean, from the ones I saw, they were probably yeah. what, like ten, fifteen feet. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was amazing. Okay, so it, it, I was we were, I was wondering if it was a relatively new thing, or if if it happened to be around when you were doing it. So that's that's kind of interesting to note. Yeah, they yeah, they just started that probably I'm guessing about 2010 or something. Okay. But, um we we would do some like some people could do tricks with their you know, after handling a pan of broom all day. Yeah. You you kind of get to know how to fling certain things into your pan like trash and you know, some people in between their legs and get kind of fancy that way. Right. Um all right, and last question from the navigators yeah. here. Uh, what's the worst thing you found in a trash can? Uh, a duck. A, a duck? duck. <laughs> 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 what? Was Aww. he uh, a live duck, a dead duck? No, he's dead. He was dead. Well, at least he had the, the, the kindness to throw himself away. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the morning. I'm guessing that someone, like, because... <laughs> this is sad, but Fantasmic in um you know takes place on rivers of America in right. California. And ducks are, you know, you've seen them, they're everywhere on yeah. the in the water during the day. Yep. Well then Fantasmic, you know, has fire that comes out of the water. Oh, no. I think sometimes the ducks wouldn't move in time. Oh peaking duck. It will bomb. Oh no. That's what I'm guessing happens but i think also some probably just die you know for whatever reason but this one it didn't look like it was charred or anything it was just in the trash can so i think it probably was just floating on the side and someone like security or someone took it and threw it in there but yeah, i was like whoa okay a duck <laughs> yeah <laughs> y'all were talking about like there was a lot of uh birds that were dropping dead of west nile at one point in time that you were cleaning up as well right 
Oh, yeah. Ken was talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, uh, just recently I got one of these Apple Watches, and, and the reason I got it was to keep track of the steps that I do in a, in a given day because I'm supposed to be losing so much weight. And the magical step is like, what, 10,000 steps a day, I think is what you're I supposed believe, to be. Yeah. How many steps would you do a day as a Disneyland sweeper? Roughly estimate. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know about steps, but I, I averaged it one time with one of those little stepper things, and it, I don't remember the steps, but it was about eight miles. Oh, Holy wow. Wow. <laughs> For an average day, yeah. So I imagine this keeps you in pretty good shape. Yeah, but they have a lot of food for it. You know, you've got discounts <laughs> backstage for food, so there's a lot of temptations for that. Um, yeah. So, like, when y'all guys were out on the uh, on the street moving around, yeah, yeah, one of the things I thought was amazing is that y'all, y'all communicated with each other not only by radio, but by whistle. Like, how did y'all, like, what, what were, like, bird calls or something? How did that work out? How did y'all? See, we need Ken here to demonstrate because I, I could never do the whistle. Oh, really? like, <laughs> if I heard it, I would know how to identify it. But oh. I, I, for some reason, I'm one of those people. I just cannot whistle. But Well, if uh, you heard it, how would you would have responded? Would you had your, did you have your own way of communicating with them? Yeah, i jingle my keys. <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> the Disney keys would have a certain tone to them i don't know you just you would know instantly did y'all ever have people in the park that were like former sweepers that would do the whistle and just y'all would look around and no one would be there and they would just keep messing with you yeah (laughs) 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 that seems like hit our pans because well we when we first started we had metal pans Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and when you hit the there's this metal they make this big clunky sound yeah and uh then we got plastic later but still we learned those sounds too. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. Right up the metal pans. I remember you, you. I forget which one of you was saying that you wanted to make sure that you hung on to your metal pan. Yeah, to throw so you, it. Yeah, the, so you could do your tradition. Oh yeah, Ken, into Ken wanted to. Yeah, because the tradition was that when you left the company uh, and you were a sweeper, you would throw your pan because you get a pan issued to you. Yeah. Into the rivers of America. Oh, that's pretty cool. The plastic, but that was the joke, is that we couldn't do that with the plastic ones because they'd just be floating around the river. <laughs> <laughs> and so down there are still pans. Or, or who gets to clean that? Is there somebody from Minnesota who has to clean that up? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like when they do Fantasmic, like, yeah. like maintenance, they would drain the river. Like, oh, no kidding. Five, okay. ten years or something. And they'd find out. I mean, they'd found some weird stuff in there. They found... Um, like picnic table, they found chairs, you know, from the restaurants. A picnic uh, table, <laughs> trays, <laughs> and then all the normal stuff like cell phones and things. But it's like somebody went Bobby Knight and threw everything <laughs> in, the, in the water, <laughs> chairs and picnic tables. Must have been somebody from busing wow. who was leaving and like I'll throw a table in. It's funny because like for hurricanes and stuff, we usually you know people that have pools will throw their patio furniture in there so it doesn't blow away. <laughs> That's a great so idea. It, yeah, so it's just kind of funny to hear that picnic table wow <laughs> yeah so let me ask you this uh, you know because my wife is always getting on me because i don't take out the trash and sweep up enough around the house do your wives are like wow y'all are very tidy um are, are y'all clean at home <laughs> uh, i guess I <laughs> there haven't been any complaints i guess huh? yeah Actually, she, my wife would say, I'll do the toilets because, you know, I, if I had done restrooms all day, you know, or all week <laughs> or something at Disneyland, I'll do the toilets. You have to do them at Disneyland. So. Well, that's considerate of you. Yeah. That's very considerate. And, and you guys, like, neither one of y'all ever tried to transfer out of um, custodial. Is that correct? No, we didn't. Yeah. It, in fact, that was something we talked about in one of the chapters, I think, 
because a lot of guests would come up and they'd say, when, when do you get to, to, to move up, you know, and go to attractions or somewhere else? And I'd say, uh, no, that would be a downgrade, you know, because right. we had so much freedom to walk around. We'd get to talk yeah. to guests as long, pretty much as long as we wanted, um, mm-hmm. you know, within reason. And, I mean, if you're in attractions, you're just standing there. How many, you know, you know, are, are pushing a button? Right. I mean, yeah, pushing you know, the green button, make sure people stand behind yeah. the yellow line. I yeah, think they I, made less, too. So I don't, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say, I, I, and I, would, uh, I don't know if I consider attractions like a, a, a upgrade. And more, it's almost like a parallel move, it's like, if not, just yeah. like you said, mm-hmm. maybe a downgrade kind of a thing. Uh, that's the way I, I thought. Well, I, you know, they look at maybe like a Jungle Cruise skipper and they think that'd be like the prime job. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't know. I think that'd be a lot of pressure all, the, all day long. You'd that's have to a be lot of spieling. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of spieling and stuff. Well, it's very repetitive. Yeah. You, yeah. you gotta have the exact same experience. Same spiel, same delivery and everything else. Um, it, it's funny because it's like you uh, I always hear people, you know, the podcast and stuff talk about, you know, custodial being the frontline cast members, which I, you know, pretty much they are. Um, people get lost, you know, they, like I read in the book, y'all kept maps and they would ask questions or they'd be like, you know, where's this attraction or how do I get to this place or, you know, where's first aid, just th- different kinds of stuff. It's, it's, it's really, really neat. I hear that a lot on different podcasts and stuff. One, one tip that I was told from a guest, um, was, well, I've, I've noticed after this happened a few times was they would, you know, I'd be on main street sweeping. So a guest are coming in the morning and they'd come up to me with their little kid and they'd say, um, now, if you get lost, you look for one of these guys, and they'll they'll help you, you know, find find mommy and daddy, you know. So, oh, yeah, it's a good tip because we are the only ones really. I mean, besides you know, because security, but I mean, we're out there pretty visible, like you said. Yeah, yeah. you know, and y'all y'all go into a lot of stories on that. Like it was either chapter eleven or twelve where y'all talk about you know some of the lost uh, lost parents, lost parents <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that y- you run into, and uh, how most of those situations are. I think there was only one instance where a kid actually made it out of Disneyland and was yeah. still lost, oh, wow. right? Is that correct? Yeah, I think Ken was talking about that, but I think that it was that they did, yeah, they made it out of the park, but they didn't get too far, which not surprising. I mean, <laughs> Good thing, there's yeah. security everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, usually it's the parents, they'll come up just hysterically, you know, and I understand now that I have a kid, but at the time I I didn't quite understand, but they'd just be hysterically like crying and, oh, I lost my kid. And I'm, I'm, you know, and so I try to, you know, let them know we've never lost any kids, you know, we'll find them. And Mm -hmm. it was fairly easy to return them to their children, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is is there anything, uh, um, just kind of starting to wrap up here, is there anything uh, you want to tell our listeners, uh, whether it be about your job or whether it be about the book. Well, we'll get to the book business in a second, but just a- any kind of tease. <laughs> I don't want to reveal any more, <laughs> but, but I will uh, uh, talk about the podcast real quick. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Sure, that's right. Go yeah, the sweet spot. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the sweet spot. And I started it because I, when I quit Disneyland, I moved to Utah and I was kind of removed from that. And there's something about working at Disneyland and then, you know, and then having to leave mm-hmm. for whatever reason, uh, you just, you have like withdrawals or something. It's just really weird. And so I wanted to, so I started writing for a blog for web, you know, familiar with Wedway radio. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. So Matt, Nate, Matt those Nate guys, yeah. asked, asked me to write. Um, well, I would write them all the time. Hey, I love your show. This and that. So they asked me if I did any writing and said, yeah. And so I, I used to write for their blog a little bit, and right. and then I thought, you know what, this podcast thing it doesn't seem too hard, 
it was a little bit harder than I thought it would be, but um, I just thought, thought I'll, I'll do this and I'll have a different aspect. I'll kind of come at it like with custodial, but then talk about Disneyland history and then add in stories about, like if I'm doing the history on Indiana Jones, I'd add in that story about the hydraulics and right. mm-hmm. um, along with the history of the attraction. But I, I wanted to do that. And so I had, Ken was my first choice and he couldn't do it, commit to it at the time. So I asked, um, a female, Laura, to join, and um, she was someone that that Ken and I worked with. So okay. I asked her, and she was um, she was with the podcast for a couple of years, about three years, I think. Okay, and then she couldn't do it any longer, and I had someone else that was only there for about a month, and um, Kristen, and she couldn't commit to it any longer. So then I said, Ken. Mm-hmm. You know, can you commit now? You know, and he said yes. So, um, luckily, he's been on there. But the podcast has really opened up doors to interview people that I thought I would never talk to. You right. Know? Just having the podcast, I would talk to different people, and we've had Bob Gurr on our show, and Rolly Crump, and mm-hmm. Gardner Holt it does all the audio animatronics for the Disney parks, right. and um, on and on. You know, different people. So, well, Rolly did the forward to your book. Yes, exactly. So amazing. Rolly did the forward to our book. And then on the back cover, we have Tony Baxter. Yep, did yeah. The, um, he wrote a little thing about Custodio on the back cover of the book. Um, yeah, I remember the little story in the book about, uh, what was it, writing the submarines? Well, one yeah, of you guys yeah, was Ken writing the submarines with, yeah, with, with Tony Baxter. Yeah, in yeah. The, one of the last trips. That's so, pretty neat. Yeah, we were lucky to, to be able to have these. So. We interviewed with, actually, yeah, Tony was on our show, too. Um, so that's been really neat to have different people on the show. And then, then we have former custodians come on that we've worked with and people that we didn't work with, too, um, mm-hmm. that just, I mean, the books opened up. Uh, people had come out of the woodwork now and writing us, hey, I was in custodial in, you know, 1970. And, you know, so I'd say, hey, want to come on the show? So um, <laughs> it's really People have really been excited about it because, you know, if you were a custodian at um, even just people that didn't work at Disneyland, we, we did a presentation for the Riverside, um, our, yeah, Riverside School District. Uh-huh. And we did something in front of their further custodians. Oh, and, very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, just custodians everywhere have been in, you know, looking for the book and buying it. Oh, that's pretty cool. So the podcast you can find at our website, and you can buy the book at um, thesweetspot.com. Mm-hmm. And you can get all the info there about the podcast and buy the book there. And, and I still have autographed copies of Ken because I do all the sending out of the books from the website. And I only see Ken a couple times a year, so I'll bring a few boxes for him to sign, and right. I'll bring them back home with me. So I still have about 10 left that he signed. So. Oh, very good. Yeah. Is, is there any other place they could purchase the book if so, they decide to? Yeah, Amazon, okay. Barnes & Noble. Um, but the best place like to have it autographed is from our website. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say that the, one of the best perks of ordering it through them is to have it autographed from you guys. And we so. make the most money. Uh, it benefits us the best if right. you buy it from us. But Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, just I, I want to make a, a personal apology to you guys because we were going to try and have y'all on like somewhere around October, and it took us a while to to get around to actually because we wanted to give you the respect of actually reading the book before having you guys on. <laughs> and unfortunately, I, I haven't read a book since I got a Netflix account, so <laughs> <laughs> it took us a little while to go ahead and get to it. So I'm sorry for the delay on that, but we read it and enjoyed it, and uh, would recommend Great. that everybody. 
pick up this book and and give it a read and um let let hey let them know your thoughts man because i mean i really do think if you if you were ever curious as to what it's like to work over at disneyland and i'm sure a lot of this bleeds over to disney world uh mm-hmm. man this is a really good step by step there's not very, one very aspect thorough, of yeah. it yeah. from where you take your breaks from how you go ahead and switch up this is really <laughs> it's it's the quintessential book written on what it's like to be a disney employee yeah, even if you're not a big fan of Custodia, but you want to just know more about Disneyland, like I said, we you know we talked about walking through the attractions and yeah. there's some history in here. So, and that's what we're hoping to impress is that this is yeah. more than just Custodial. This is way more. Yeah, yeah. At 460 plus pages, uh, I mean, it's a bargain. <laughs> yeah. you know, can I tell you something? Like I, one of my favorite autobiographies of, of Walt Disney was uh, Walt Disney: The Animated Man. And that yeah. book came yeah. in at like I want to say it was like 411 pages, and I'm like, well, that's fun, that's something. The book about the man who created the place was about 411. The book about sweeping the place he created, 460. <laughs> hey, I never thought of that. I'm looking at that book right now. You're right. I mean, yeah, wow. It's a good book, man. Yes, well, well, thank you very much. Yeah, Lynn, thank, thank you, you very Lynn. much for coming on. Uh, where can, where can they find you if they want to find you on social media? Uh, you can. We have a the sweep spot. Um, on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we have a Cleaning the Kingdom page on Facebook, and then on Twitter, I'm uh, Lynn Sweepspot, and then Ken is Ken Versations, like conversation. Convers- Ken, Ken Versations. Oh, cute. Yeah, okay, I gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, and we're on. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter that way too. Awesome, and we'll definitely put that in our show notes so our listeners can find y'all and follow y'all and do all that social media stuff. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely. Uh, Sinless, you know, I'm going to mention to our listeners that we were on your show. So I think on over and listen to our interview, and maybe they'll find things they like at your Absolutely. show, too. I hope so. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lynn. We definitely appreciate you coming on the Magic Ori podcast. Thank you. All right. You have a good one, Lynn. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Right. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed those little stories, that little romp through the life of a Disneyland custodial cast member. Definitely pick yourself up a copy of the book at thesweepspot.com. You can find get a copy of Cleaning the Kingdom. You can download it through Amazon or buy it from Amazon. Or if you want something special, you want it autographed by those guys, by Ken, by Lynn, then order it through their website, man. All the money that you do through their website goes straight to them. They don't have to pay any commissions, anything like that. Not to say that Amazon or anything is bad, but, you know, if you want to give your 100% to those guys, buying the book is the best way to go from their website, I should say. So definitely check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, Weekends, MagicRWay.com is the best place to find everything related to the Magic Our Way podcast. You can find our social media links, show notes, learn a little bit more about your hosts, um, past episodes, and links of our friends on our shows. So anybody that's been on our show, we consider our friend and we'll put it there. So um, any information you want, to talk, you want to find, it is there on that website. And things that you can also find is a way to communicate with us. So let me just spell that out for you right here. MagicRWayGmail.com is the best way to, sh- uh, to shoot us an email. You can also call or text us. That's right. You can send us a text if you're the texting kind. Uh, the number is 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. That is 1-815-669-4226, guys. And as always, we definitely appreciate you guys downloading the show each and every week. Looking forward to your next Moeekin dose of magic in your earbuds. 
So we definitely appreciate that, man. Do us a favor. A couple ways you can support the show, man. Go to our website. You'll see a little box that says buy some beignets. Every little order of beignets just helps feed the Magic Aria podcast. And boy, we do get hungry when we record this. Mm-hmm. And also, too, if you want to support and show your love of the Magic Aria podcast, man, swear some of our brand merchandise. That's right. Brand merchandise. All artwork made by the Mr. Danny, ourself, Bad Danny Lawless herself, our guy on our show. Yes, me. Yeah. Yes, that guy. Yes, that guy. You? Yeah. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you can buy some t-shirts and hats and whatever and wear his artwork all over your chest That's right. and represent the Magic Our Way podcast as well as support us in the process. So we definitely do appreciate it. And lastly, man, you could definitely leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you download a show, whether it be Stitcher or Blueberry. We definitely appreciate that. And uh, we thank you for doing so, for taking the time to do that. Well, guys, one last thing. You want to support our resident comic genius, Mr. Eli Ivory. Eli what do you have going on, sir? Oh, uh, you know, same old, try to, you know, try to keep up with you guys, man. I'm telling you, you know, you too. Woo. <laughs> the bar is too high. The bar is too high. Got to keep on grabbing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can always find me on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, That's like, that hand I feel back there. <laughs> That's right. Try to get a leg up in the world. This guy's got shirts. He's got posters he's done covers for books mr daily lawless over here and he also uh worked with me on a book that we did called the floodgates so it's a hidden gem hidden um a week and mickey if you will but it can be found in the project Asia graphic novel now if you don't believe me you track down listen Just to watch. x oh <laughs> listen to x knows about it you know so um he can he can prove that it changed his life uh, so Project Geisha, uh, fully color graphic novel, complete read with bonus material, of course. Uh, you can find that by going to the Project Geisha Facebook page and just saying, hey, look, that's some cool art. I'd like to get one. You got it. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Eli, Eli H. Ivory. You can see it's a little uh, figure of Batman and Stitch. So that's how you know it's me, not to be confused with. Uh, a couple of other people who are named Eli, apparently, I found out on Facebook, they are not related to me. Doppelgangers, if you will. Okay? They're not the wannabes. Yes. Wannabes. Trying to reach the bar to me reaching the bar. Uh-huh. And Grandpa right. Eli does not have a Facebook, so that you can't mistake it. There's you only can't one mistake Eli Ivory. That's right. But if you want me to send a message to Papa, I will do that for you, too. Except... Only if you buy the book first, because, you know, Papa's asleep. You can't just wake him up all the time. <laughs> That's right. Like, talking about it. Uh, otherwise, you can go to Twitter. Um, I can be reached there at 10, Hancock10166 and uh, Eli Ivory on uh, Instagram. Uh, Eivory504 on Instagram. So, yeah, I, I, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, try to do my end of the artistic buff uh, part. Well, thank you very much, guys. And, and we know Lee's not on the show this time. But if you do want a book of Disney vacation or any kind of vacation, you want a little extra help and service lee lust of you can definitely do that for you man email him at lee at magic and like i said every booking that you do with lee lust of a little bit it goes to uh girl power to cure which is a foundation looking for the cure for rett syndrome so you it's a it's a win-win man you get a disney vacation and a found a great foundation gets a little extra money a little extra help so lee at magic so guys we definitely thank you for downloading the show and we appreciate each and every week We look forward to speaking with you again, and we always look forward to hearing from you again. 
On that note, my name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. Bye now and have a Disney day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>